Toby motherfucking Morell. <laughs> hell yeah. Fuck shit. Big ass. Oh, hell yeah. But we're live, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Not for long. You're listening to the yes. Base Bay Network. We are live. This is different. Is this? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Are those your kids? <laughs> How did you find the audio where uh, there was a big circle uh, at an elementary school, and then I break danced in front of everybody? And they <laughs> <laughs> they That's cheered. audio from How whenever you, you used that? to be a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce <laughs> to you a true legend. Emery, lead singer and frontman for over 20 years. Bad Christian host for the last eight. Wow. A true man with a traveling true man experience. One motherfucking unstoppable badass. Toby motherfucking <laughs> Morell and everybody's parents changed the Ooh, channel. Wow. F-bombs. So, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's an Welcome. intro. <laughs> that's an, I'm going to steal that one. I'm going to put that on, on Bad Christian for me. Thank you. There you go. Well, you did. Welcome, though, man. Welcome. And where are you at, oh, Toby? Well, I moved to Champaign, Illinois uh, back oh, in whoa. August. Um we were in Charlotte, and my. Why would you ever so leave we in, Charlotte? I think the last time that I did, well, yeah, I, I did. I, I didn't want to. I think the last time I did this podcast, I might have even been in yeah. Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah. You, you weren't right? even in Charlotte. Was I in yet. Charlotte, yeah. yeah. You were getting. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't even in Charlotte yet. So, uh, my wife got her degree in HR. She got a job at Coca Cola in Charlotte. So we moved there. I'm from the South, uh, South Carolina. Uh, grew up, you know, an hour and a half away from Charlotte. Went to school south of Charlotte in Rock Hill. So I, I really enjoyed it, and where we lived was great, and it was awesome. But then when this damn pandemic hit, uh, my wife got furloughed, and we were concerned about her job. Was she going to get her job back? And, uh, and Coca-Cola was a great company, really treated her really well, but uh, we just didn't know. And so she started applying for a bunch of jobs. And y'all know uh, in Emory, my band, Devin, his, they live here. And uh, they knew some people, and they said, hey, there is a job opening here. She could at least apply. And so Jess applied and got the job here, and we were like, okay. And so it, during a pandemic, she got like a, a, an in, increase in pay. Wow. Uh, you, know, we, we, you know, a lot of differences. It was hard to turn down. Like yeah, I, we wouldn't really want. I didn't really want to leave Charlotte, but the job that she got was so good, we kind of had to. Even though, I mean, it's very cold here and snowy and it all. Cost of living spray a lot better, <laughs> too, so all around upgrade. Yeah, I mean, our, that everything kind of went down. Like we were paying, uh, I forget, it was probably seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars a month uh, rent in where we were living in Charlotte, and our mortgage here is like wow. fourteen hundred bucks. So oh, I was like, man. I mean, so we even saved money that way too. And the house we got was awesome, and uh, we were able to buy a house where we were living in Charlotte. I don't think we'd have been able to buy a house. We would have still had to move. You know how big Charlotte is growing up there. Um, and so we'd have probably had to move to a different part of Charlotte anyway. So we were like, well, if we're going to move anyway, maybe we can take this opportunity to do it. So, and it's been good. I have to admit, like, I hate the cold. I literally have always hated it, but I'm already starting to get used to it now. Like, like I walk outside and go, oh, it's 40 degrees today. <laughs> All right. It, it got warm. Whoa, I don't, uh, 
I can I can wear my lighter jacket. You know, I actually say stuff, and it's, it freaks me out that I'm saying stuff like that. But you know, and we've gotten a lot of snow already, so it's been kind of cool. cool. Dude, that's great. That's really cool. So your wife used to work for Coke, and now she works for Pepsi. She she likes it a lot better out there, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She Pepsi wooed her away. No, she actually got a job at a hospital, which is is a whole another set of circumstances because she you know she's walking down COVID halls. Also Ooh. another. Uh, part of the pandemic uh, but it's been kind of reassuring in some ways just how good the hospital has been with you know protecting people and that's part of her job as well uh, making sure the rooms at, how, how they've been cleaned and, and overseeing a lot of the that that aspects of the hospital and so it's been kind of neat so overall it's been great I mean and I'm living near one of my best friends uh, Devin you know Devin lives right near me now and so we can do a lot more Emory stuff together so on my side, you know, business and, and life, it's really good. And then on is her this side, the first time really you guys, too, so you just guys like uh, get on the back porch and just sing to each other in the yeah. morning or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> is it the first time you guys have like lived in the same town since college then? <sighs> yeah. Since, well, since Emory. Um, yeah. Cause Devin moved here when he met Megan, uh, he, he moved out here pretty quick quickly i guess uh once they decided to get married um yeah he moved here and lived for a while and they they bought a house before the marriage and he lived here for a while but yeah we haven't lived in the same town and i never thought i'd move to champaign illinois i just don't i mean illinois is fine but i don't it's it where we live is mostly cornfields like it's it's kind of I'll, I'll let me rephrase that champaign is really eclectic <laughs> and different and a college town huh. and so it's kind of fun i actually like it but everybody here seems to hate it like every, every single person goes why'd you move here i was like well it's, it's pretty cool <laughs> but they don't think so huh. so you mentioned uh the true man we were talking about that earlier or i mentioned the true man um and we were talking about it you know, yeah pre-show um so how does that affect COVID? Have you, I mean, I'm assuming you haven't been doing any traveling to people's houses, hosting events uh, during this time. So. No, no. Yeah. I, I usually do like living room events and it'll be anywhere from, you know, five guys to 25 guys. Uh, and some even bigger than that a few times, but it just, I kind of try to keep it. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I want to keep it like that small group level, like the disciple level of 12 people. It just seems like that number, even, you know, no matter what you think about the Bible, that number is actually works pretty good with a, a group of people but yeah zero i haven't done that i i've kind of transitioned a little bit of that into i do these uh calls and i haven't officially landed on the now i've been calling them honest nights or just a true man call but i just uh set it up so you can go to the truemanexperience.com and if you don't have anybody to talk to you you can set up a call and we'll talk and i listen and i you know if you want me to tell you what i think i will and if you don't want me to say a word i won't say anything and that's been just phenomenal like some of the conversations i've had with men is just been unreal i, I feel I, I really feel like it's a huge privilege of my life to get to be there for some men like that some of the stories i've heard are i, I when i started doing this i didn't th i thought it would be uh fans would call me or something, you know what I mean? And hey, you know, I, I love that record. I just wanted to say, hey, or something, you know, like that. And it, it hasn't really been that. It's been really awesome. Like, I mean, there, definitely some people know who I am. They, you know, they're a fan of Bad Christian or a fan of Emory, but I'll, I usually just start with, all right, man, you call me. Let's get right into it. And they will. And I mean, it's, I, I just, it's been so eye opening to realize how many men don't have other men to talk to. Like, they really don't. And I mean, and they, I think that's really needed 
even if you have other people and like I can I can talk to my wife about a ton tons of things but there's something about that guy friend or that person that you can really open up to and say and they you know they don't have any judgments on you you can say anything I mean that's what I I really appreciate about or you know feel privileged to be able to do is that the guys will say anything to me you know about you know their marriages or what some of the bad stuff they've done some of the good thing any, anything and they know that you know I'm 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 not telling anybody it that's the, it ends at that converse on that conversation and so it's been really that part of the pandemic that increasing has been kind of cool because there also has been tons of mental health issues with people being quarantined I mean oh yeah you know, I mean suicide rates have gone up mm. uh medication is going up mental health is i mean that's probably the least talked about thing during the pandemic to me which is really shocking i felt like we're really making some headway with what mental health is trying to figure it out having more deep conversations about it and then this happens and everybody's worried just to go outside stay inside stay inside and then you know a lot of bad stuff happens for kids too you know what i mean and all that absolutely domestic violence and oh yeah and uh it'll be interesting even to see the divorce rates right um after covid i in you know we briefly touched about true man and you talked about the website and, and reaching out to men in, in that regard um, seth is always trying to reach out to never men heard of well they reach out to you <laughs> yeah. um for our listeners who've never heard of true man like what's the the primary mission or vision behind that so i had uh been a worship leader you know at uh, two different mega churches and growing up in church my whole life. Our podcast is the Bad Christian Podcast. Uh, I'm a believer and uh, just felt like the church really has let men down specifically. I, I feel like it does not tap into uh, allowing men to be themselves or express themselves freely. And I felt like that that whole line of communication, like uh, y- y- I've, I've talked about it on the podcast and then eventually just tried it out one night and when I lived back in Franklin. But I just wanted to give a space where men would hang out. And so it's funny when I do it because everybody's so used to this organized, you sit down, here's almost like a curriculum, here's the forms, here's this what you got, you know, and I try to keep it the most like a hangout I can. So when I when I start it, uh, the first hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours if it's going really well, we just grill out food and hang out and talk. And everybody gets really comfortable, right? And they, they're like, well, I guess we're just hanging out. I guess this isn't, I mean, did, you know, did I pay 25, 30 bucks to, to be here to do this? Just to have a burger with Toby? <laughs> you know? And then, and then, but what they don't realize is once you get in that party atmosphere, once you have a beer in your hand or a, a beverage and, you know, you're relaxed, and you see everybody else is doing the same thing. Then, you know, I, I start talking about a few different things. And so we, we go into uh, a few different things about our fathers and about how we view ourselves. Um, and we go around and talk about that. And once it usually ends up being like one guy will start and then everybody goes, it's almost like a sigh of relief. Like, oh, I can be real too. And I, and I can say what, you know, and I can contribute to this conversation now. It's not just, I'm kind of here hanging out like a wallflower at a party. I'm a part of the conversation. So the big thing for me was a creating a place or a space or a time or moment where some dudes could get together, kind of be dudes and uh, have some real conversation. And that, that sounds cheesy. I wish I had better words for it but that really is it like just uh, just hanging out and telling some of the stuff that's been on your mind or the pressures you have or the anxieties or the fears or your failures um i won't say where it was but for example um at one of the true man events it only took one guy but we were going around and one guy opened up about 
uh, being molested as a child, right? And we're sitting there, and it's probably a group of maybe 10 guys, maybe 12. I'm not sure. And within the next, you know, 20 minutes, five other guys admitted to the same thing. that It happened to me. I was like, what? And I, I was like, and, and some, you know, one or two of them said they hadn't, really hadn't ever told anybody. And we had just been eating a burger, laughing, cutting up, telling jokes, good jokes, bad jokes, being dirty or being funny or, you know, having a really good time. And, I, and it was because of that moment where you could cut up and be just a person that you could get to that really heavy part. And everybody is so heavy, you don't know what to do. And that's okay, too. Like, you don't know what to do. I mean, I, I, I am not smart enough to have any real thing to offer with somebody who's been molested as a child. Like I, I, that is horrific. It's how can you go through that and, and still be here laughing with me? I like, I'm, I'm so impressed by those people that I, I don't, what am I going to speak into their life for? Why would I even want to, but being a part of that and seeing a little bit of the relief that, Oh wait, I can say this and we can even move on. We don't have to even stay here with it. Like sometimes I think people get so caught up in the pain and, and the, uh, the heaviness of it that they feel like if I say this, then we're going to, this is what I'm, I will be identified as from now on, you know, Oh, that, that's the guy that got molested as a child or that, you know, that's the guy that, uh, cheated on his spouse or has been divorced or did something really bad or stole money. Or whatever. You, you know, you feel like I, I better not share this because then that's how I'll be identified. And at these true man events, you say it and we, we don't even have to stay on it that long. Like you would think you would need to really stop everything, pray, you know, wait a minute. We, uh, you know, this is so bad. Uh, you know, you attempted suicide and you don't even know where you're at with it right now. We have to stop and pray. You know, alcoholism, I'm an alcoholic. No, we can talk about it. We can get it out in the air. And then you hear yourself saying it. And maybe that's enough for the moment. Maybe that, you know, and maybe sometimes it requires more. But the thing that I like about it is that heaviness doesn't have to own the moment or own us or steal anything. We can talk about child molestation and a little bit later somebody's laughing about something silly that somebody said or whatever and then that feels more real to me so that's a long-winded way of saying i just wanted to create that moment where you can say really heavy dark stuff you can not not and just have a good time you can hang out with the guy that you sung his songs when you were a teenager or whatever or you can have a real night but i wanted just to create that space for men um just because i didn't i felt like from what I had experienced, especially because, you know, my niche has, has been Christianity for a while um, with Emory being, you know, in on Tooth and Nail Records and all of us being Christians and then with Bad Christian Podcasts. I just felt like the church and had really let men down from being able just to be real uh, and, and being a little bit more rough around the edges as opposed to men's group this Sunday morning where right. we'll have pancakes and then one guy <laughs> speaks and reads something from the Bible and everybody goes, wow, that was really powerful, and then nothing's well, changed. Honestly, Toby, I, um, I, you know, I, not to cut you off, but, I mean, that's that's truly awesome. And just to hear you talking about that and the passion you have for that, as somebody who most people consider a public figure, somebody who's on stage, um, a lot of times those people are – inapproachable and and it's in or you're behind a microphone doing the podcasting you've just got a bunch of ideas and you can try to solve all the world's problems from behind the microphone right or up on stage but just the practicality of seeing like well there's a need here well screw it i'm just gonna i'm gonna do it and i'm just gonna lend my time lend myself just be real with these people and being willing to do that that sort of vulnerability um from a public figure is extremely rare um, so big ups to you for, for being willing to do that. 
Um, I wanted to clarify, though, what you're doing right now uh, during the pandemic. Are those just like are those group calls then um, or is that just one on ones? No, it's just yeah, just one on one. If you go to truemanexperience.com, um, scroll down to the bottom of the first page and you can just sign up for a good time for yourself. And, and you just sign up and they're like 30 minute conversations. And if we need more, we just reschedule and do it and do an extra one. But, uh, yeah, I just, there's just no limits on it. It's just, I, I thought that's the least I can do. Just, you can call me. It's free. You, you know, I'm not trying to make any money off of it or anything like that. I just, I just wanted to, I, I felt like if I did have some level of fame, well, maybe I could just use it in that way. And, and I don't, I don't get any, I get so much out of it, but not publicly. You know what I mean? That, that, that's the thing I didn't want to do. I didn't, I, I don't need that as much as I'm getting older. <laughs> I need it less and less. Like, you know, I used to need to, and everybody to, you know, know that I was the lead singer of Emory and that our podcast, all this, and as I'm getting older, I'm realizing all that stuff is kind of frivolous. And that those real moments I can have with guys, you know, just talking on the phone about stuff, um, is really powerful. So yeah, you just go to truemanexperience.com, scroll down to the bottom and uh, we'll talk. And like I said, I, you know, I, I'll tell you my life experience or tell you what I think or nothing. You know, I'm not, I'm not certified. Well, I'm not a counselor. I'm not, that's one of my biggest kind of buttered you up, but really what I was wanting to ask you, we're in 2021 yeah. now we have a, you know, brave new world, new presidency, uh, new things going on. So, yeah. um, the true man, do you have to like have the right chromosomes to be a true to be a true man or how, how does how does that work <laughs> no no i i haven't uh everybody i've spoken to is a man now i will say i have i i mean there's been some women that have wanted to maybe talk and i think i would do that but i just i want i just want to be careful about that um just because what am i saying to women that uh i wouldn't want my level of fame or power to influence somebody and have a conversation that maybe I'm not ready for, or like I said, I'm not, I'm not a uh, trained counselor or anything. That's, that's one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't get my degree in counseling. I've, I've thought about that so much over the last few years. Maybe I should go Never back and get too my late. degree in some type of counseling or yeah, it's now, not. And now it, now would be the time. To yeah, you're right. You're right. You get a bunch of uh, student <laughs> loans are going to cancel them, man. That's and true. I'm, that's true. <laughs> and I'm curious though, since you aren't a counselor and you are, you know, having these conversations, have you, has it had an, you mentioned that you're getting a lot out of it. Uh, but has this been difficult for you in any way? I think, um, the difficult part, um, and Seth, I'm sure you can relate this to, um, is so people when they don't understand what's happening and then you're revealing stuff to them and then they start seeing it more clearly and then they realize the things that are holding them back or have hurt them or what, what to do. Like some, some of the people that I've talked to, I just, I cannot believe their stories. There's one in particular for sure that I just, I couldn't, I mean, I, I don't think he would mind since, you know, he, I'm not giving away who he is or anything, but just a very severe drug problem and then an unbelievable painful story that I've never heard before in my life and this guy had nowhere else to turn he's literally rock bottom not just figuratively like the most of anybody and I mean it was that weird thing when we first talked the very first time and it, it feels kind of spiritual <laughs> this has happened to me one other time I was somewhere back in like high school or something I walked into this room and it felt I don't know if y'all have ever had that I don't know if it's just me or what but I don't know if it's spiritual or just you know my brain 
but I felt like this, this oppressive feeling in the room. And when I was on that call, it felt like the lights got dimmer and everything. And I couldn't have been more present on this call. And it was just pain, 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 pain. All, I mean, that he could have just been saying the word pain and it would have been almost the same, like everything that had happened to him. And so for me, and that, and once again, the first thing that pops in my head is, what, what am I going to tell him? What, what am I supposed to say? What, and and I, I just kind of turn it over to, well, I'm just going to be a friend here. That's, that's the reason this call. He, somehow, he found this number and called me, and so we're just going to be friends. And friends don't have to have all the answers, and I'm not going to fix your life, and I'm not going to do all this stuff, but we're just going to talk, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that you mean something to me and, and that somehow this call has you know, happened some reason you're still here, you know, you're still breathing and there is a reason for all that. And you got to figure that out for yourself. I don't, I mean, there might be a million and there might be one, but, uh, and he just called me again. I mean, we've been talking for months and months and months and just called me again. And, um, it, it shook me. Like he said, you know, his life is completely changed now. He is, is heading in a new direction. And part of that process was talking with me. Now, why I feel so good about that is, all I did was just talk to somebody and I hate talking to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like a lot of times, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I mean, it, when you had to take a phone call or something like that, but just being able to do that has been amazing. So I want to mention this because, you know, I am, I'm a, I'm a social worker. So I just remember how many master's I, degrees I, do you have, Seth? I was waiting. Shut up, was guys. <laughs> Shut up. I knew, I didn't, but I didn't, I'm not going there. I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, but I thought, right that I had all of the answers when I got out of school. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna fix the world with, you know, I have, I know all of the stuff now and I'm gonna change lives. And I started working for a crisis line. And in doing that, I learned those tools, 5% of my job, 95% is listening. And you don't have to have the answers. You know, yeah. I, when people call you, that's not why they're calling. They're calling because they need to be heard, right. right? And that's what you're offering. And i it's just really cool to hear. I and mean, it sounds like you're doing it for free, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah, and I really do so, think it, uh, is it a privilege. And I think you probably feel the same way. Uh, it just just yeah. because you're right, it's so insane to me. That's what That was the biggest wake-up call. Like I said, all in this world where we feel like we're constantly connected, we have so many non-connections we like we we are so disconnected from each other like i mean we are literally just some text and some words and it's really hard to how do you how do you share with that and then how do and then all the things wrapped up in that your identity and who you are and what people will think of you and maybe i just won't share and then i won't share today and then i won't share tomorrow and then all of a sudden it's been a month or a year and you're like i haven't told anybody this in a long time and it just eats away at you that pain starts owning you you don't own it and so it's been just pretty amazing for me. Like I said, I, I just can't believe people would would call me and trust me. And, and I really hope I am. I, I really want to honor that trust that we have. And uh, it's been amazing. I hope I could get to continue to do it for a long time. And like you, like you guys said, maybe a, this is a kick in the pants to maybe I will get a degree maybe in counseling. I'd like to have something like that maybe. I think it's funny that, you know, Seth's goal in life was to do what you're doing. Uh, and he doesn't do it, and you didn't want to do it, and you're doing it. 
that's the way I think it always works out. It always works out that way. I mean, yeah, it, no, I'm just kidding. You, you were speaking about identity earlier, and you had mentioned um, kind of in passing that you're part of the Bad Christian podcast. You know, you're an Emory Christian band, Tooth and Nail, whatever. Um, geez, and whatever. you kind of I mean, quickly, you know, just said that you're a Christian. But I'm curious, you know, whenever I first started listening to the Bad Christian podcast, you guys were obviously Christians, you know, and yeah. over time, it seemed like you progressed to where things started coming into question like, oh, do we go to hell? I don't know. Annihilationism or, you yeah. know, universalism. I don't know. You know, uh, so where are you at today with that? What does your Christianity look like? And do you have a side from helping everybody? Champagne? Yeah. I, uh, well, no, no, we haven't. I haven't gone to church in quite a Even. while. We didn't find a church. Uh, and I know in Charlotte, you didn't, find a church, and, you didn't go to uh, elevation. Well, I kind of I mean, come on, you're in Charlotte. <laughs> no, <laughs> there, there, there was an elevation of like one mile from my house, and uh, I would go jogging on Sunday mornings and run by, and it would be, it'd be packed. <laughs> I never saw Stephen Furtick or anything like that. I thought, man, I should just go, <laughs> I should just go one time. But I think for me, the church system of that Sunday morning and that a little bit of that forced, uh, this is what. God is like, and this is how we'll do things. It, I just, I'm, I'm kind of over that. I, I miss the fellowship being in a new town. It would, it, I do like for my family, uh, the, just human connection would be nice. But with the pandemic, I don't know if we would go to much church anyway. Um, once, once that's over, we might try something. And I think the goal for me, if I would go back to church, it would literally be just to meet people, not to hear a sermon, not that that stuff I'm kind of over. The music is, is whatever it is. Sometimes it might be really uh, compelling or move me, but oftentimes I'm just disinterested. Um, the sermons feel repetitive to me, honestly. Uh, even if it's a great one, I feel like I've, after all these years, I've, I've heard something pretty similar, so I want something new and fresh. And so uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's, always, there's still people that write us and go, hey, I have this idea for what church could be. And I, I don't even respond to the email because <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not there yet. I just not, I'm just not. And so, uh, I'm sure something will come along, um, that, that could be there, but yeah, as of right now, but as far as what Jesus is, I, I, I think where I would say I'm at now is I believe in Jesus the same way as, uh, we were talking about even true man. I know that I need somebody to listen, help me understand forgiveness, help me understand, uh, how, how to navigate this world and so that seems right to me it seems like there there would be a god that would maybe uh give up a lot and because he actually loved me um at least that's my hope and so that's why i continue to believe in jesus the the american christian i mean it's pretty easy to see american christianity is very screwed up i mean you could if you did the pros and cons that con list would be at the very least equal if not going on down and so All the cons are leading the else churches would you do? It, what restaurant yeah 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 exactly <laughs> <laughs> but what what other business or organization would you go to that had so many negatives in history uh that you would really support especially financially or with your time and so i hadn't been able to do that uh my and my wife's in agreement as well but we would like to like i said for my kids being in a new town to be neat you know for them to beat some friends and maybe us meet some friends but uh we just haven't approached it yet yeah, yeah. so tell us yeah, about your sense. podcast now um it's bad christian podcast but like no it's the unstoppable it's, badass <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. or song um, rescue so it's changed a lot since i <laughs> yeah when since 
since we first since Omar and I first started listening to it. What are you guys doing with your format now? What's it look like? Yeah, we we are slowly so uh uh, maybe your listeners know, but uh, probably let's see. I guess it was. Oh, they know. Yeah, with <laughs> with, with with jo- Joey Joey Svensson leaving the podcast. Was that he, last year or two years? No, ago? it was tw- it was twenty nineteen. Well, it was July of twenty nineteen is when he had a mental breakdown. He got off his medication and uh, really went into a very dark, extremely dark place. And um, I think part of that he really wanted. I, I mean. He really, we wanted to try and make things work, and it just wasn't working. And I think both parties agree on that. Now, there's a lot more details to it and a lot of hurt feelings. I mean, I'm still extremely hurt. I'm assuming Joey is extremely hurt. We have not spoken since probably, uh, I mean, in, on, on a phone call or anything since probably wow. October of that year. And the last communication wow. was an email and uh, a thing that him and his wife asked us to sign about the stuff we wouldn't say about him. Um, and so... Uh, it ended there, and it was one of the most stressful, most horrific times of my life. Uh, it caused so much stress and anxiety and pain and concern because, I mean, the Bad Christian Podcast, it, not only is is it, uh, you know, how I make my living, but, I mean, yeah. there's there's a big BC club, and those people right. care about us, and they've invested yeah. in us, and we're like, in some ways, like family or their brothers or something, and, right. and your family's fighting or your friends are fighting, and you don't know the whole truth. And, you know, I had, the worst part about it was so many damn people would DM me and going, you got to fix this. Man, you got to, I mean, you got to, what are you doing? I mean, this isn't the way. And, you, you know, you said, you always said you would be transparent and all this stuff. And then it, I'm like, but, I mean, I'm trying to be as transparent as I can, but this person also doesn't want us to be right and and how can we be and and i mean and he has his reasons that are are valid and we have our reasons that are valid and then it it, you know some it was just it was really really make it hard to want to keep going even like because i've always told these guys since it stops being fun we're done like we're podcasting like because we like doing this we believe in it and we, we like you said like the impacts in people's lives are important but but if it gets to a point where we're stressed right. out or not liking each other, what the fuck are we doing? Right, right, one hundred percent. And so it 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 got there. I thought we were just gonna be done. And once again, that that whole thing is, man, we built this great community. Do you just end it? And maybe maybe it, there's sometimes I still look back and go, maybe we just should have. Maybe that would have been the right thing to do. Maybe we should have. I, I guess this is what I'll say. We had such a, we were so close of friends, uh, especially me and Joey. Matt and Joey became closer because of the podcast, but they knew each other and, and hung out. But Joey and I were like unbelievably close. I mean, from literally a few hours after meeting, like uh, when we became RAs at Richardson Hall at Winthrop University, I mean, we were best friends. I mean, we were best friends. You couldn't pull us apart. It was never a, I mean, it looked weird if, if, Joe, if I was without Joey or he was without me. And so uh, my heart broke. I mean, my heart broke, and I went into a dark place. And, and, I mean, there was some other things that were going on in my life. It was probably one of the most stressful, saddest, darkest times of my life. And then uh, so we ended up uh, parting ways. And so I guess I would say uh, most of 2020, especially with the pandemic, it felt in some ways like we were just mm-hmm. trying to get our footing back with the podcast. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, w- and we had a lot of great guests and some good times, but it – Definitely. I mean, when you lose a third of your podcast, people left our pot, you know, a lot of people left and were, you know, they were hurt by uh, everything. And then, 
which you know, which hurt our income as well, which is which is okay. I, I, it's I all part get of it, though. I mean, on that part of yeah. it, but yeah. I'm, but but it, but it's a part of you know. You're like, whoa, this is you know, we, we've been doing this, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody somebody leaves, and you're like, whoa, we, we lost a humongous part of it. That 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 was the the thing that I, I didn't understand. I would never want Joey to leave because what would be my gain? It would only hurt our listeners, and it would only hurt me. There was no gain to be had for me, you know. Like, I mean, I didn't get anything by by Joey leaving. Like that. In fact, I, I only lost. Like, I only lost. So there was a time where I thought, "Fuck it, this is over." We just, I, I'd rather just, I'll go get a job at Home Depot if I have to, but I gotta protect me here. But, but that codependency, you don't realize. You don't realize how close you are and how many things you miss about each other. Like the things that you know. I didn't say that I should have or that he didn't say that he should have or, you know, mad or whatever. Um, so anyway, the last last year was really just trying to get our, le- our legs back under us. And then I think uh, it's kind of we, we talked about it a little bit at the end of this uh, 2020. But I think this next year for B.C. is just going to be fun. And I, we are progressing into new uh, I, I feel like the same way as I've moved past that church system. I want to give people a really thought provoking guess. And so, uh, and on all sides, I want, I, you know, I want to delve into some of the tough topics that people don't want to talk about and stuff that Matt and I really care about. Um, we just did two episodes yesterday that I think are phenomenal. And, uh, I wonder what everybody's going to think. One might be very controversial. And then the other one, I think is just something that is truly amazing. And the guy was just so great. He's a, uh, his name is Francis Sopper and he created, Kairos Cognition. It's kairoscognition.com, and it's this uh, survey you take that helps you understand who you are and how you think. Mm. And uh, it, it was just, it was just great. Um, and then the other lady we just interviewed, um, she uh, had, she wrote this article um, called "I Had One Panic Attack um, When I Was in." high school and that led to 15 years of being on antidepressants and she has had extreme reaction to antidepressants and that's a really hard conversation to navigate uh or, or you know like we're talking about benzos and are people addicted to them and and some people it doesn't help because you know it does help some people but then it doesn't help and how do you have that conversation and so right. that one i mean she was a she's a phd and was just phenomenal oh man she was just so great so uh doing conversations like that and then having more fun like we're going to start doing more fun getting back to who we are and i think a lot of people with our podcast liked it that it's just some people that are hanging out having a good time some friends hanging out and so they wanted to listen in like you do with your friends and you know yeah. just shoot the shit so we want to kind of get back to that a little bit did you add any new co-hosts like as Eva? a result of all everything no 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 we did not um but we might have uh rotating people come through more this year like just adding you know because i mean mine and matt's personalities a lot of times line up and also are similar in a lot of ways so you can it, borrow nice Seth if that. you want to and be like a, 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 a sub in joey every <laughs> <once> <laughs> he likes to be a guest he likes to be a guest on uh, other shows um, but man so eight years at a deconstructionist podcast and you still believe in god so I guess there is, that isn't the end of the road. Isn't atheism for everybody? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I think there's no, for me, there's not any clear answers that they're hitting a guy. Now, I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we find out this is, you know, we were brought here by aliens <laughs> or this is a simulation or anything. I'm, I'm not, everything's up more. I think that's where I feel so comfortable now. Everything feels like it's okay to be on the table. 
And, and so for me and in this life, Jesus makes the most sense, but that's just Toby. And I, I don't, you know, I don't want to force Jesus on anybody. If it makes sense for you, great. Let's have a good conversation about, uh, about it. Or, you know, tell me what you believe or whatever, but there's just more on the table now for me. And, and I just feel like I, you don't have to end it all because there, there wasn't anything that sounded better or more real or true to me. It just, you know, Jesus, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I really do want a savior. I know how <laughs> fucked up I am when I'm by myself or lay, you know, I wake up at 3 a.m. and I'm just laying there and the, the thoughts of my life come through my head. It's really nice where I feel like I can just right there talk to my old friend, JC, you know, and just go, man, <laughs> I hadn't talked to you in a while. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling this way or man, I, I can't forgive myself for this or why, why am I, why did I act so poorly to my wife or my kids or my friends or what, you know, just having that conversation. And it feels so much less judgmental now. Why, the church I grew up in was just fundamentalist, so judgmental, hellfire and brimstone. And I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like God's not as judgmental. He's like more like he actually cares, you know, He's not just trying to save me from this, whatever eternity part that that nobody knows anything about and just is guessing on like i'm here today i'll be here tomorrow and i need that god today not not you know when i'm dead i think it's a matter of semantics um i'm gonna ask this question anyway because chris often says you know how he identifies with jesus really he did need jesus as a savior at one point in his life you know but like at at this point he's kind of moved on past that um but not not denying the fact that jesus can be somebody's savior what, what I'm wondering, because I've, I mirror some of the things you're saying, some of the beliefs, I still want to identify as Christian, but I, just in the last like week or so, I'm noticing like, it's really hard for me to, to pray anymore. And like, like you're talking about, you know, yeah. praying to Jesus when you're feeling bad or needing help and you're down. Um, but that for me has become hard to do. And it scares me a little bit because, but I've found out. Yeah a healthier solution I feel like also in some like just personal accountability and talking to myself like knowing that I'm talking to myself I think like I mean you're a smart guy I think that you would probably you could say you can substitute you know the Jesus as you know as yourself maybe when you're when you're talking sure that out um but I, yeah. I, it's just so hard anymore to like sit down and pray Jesus. I'm like, cause then it's like, well, who am I really talking to? What am I doing? Is it white Jesus I grew up with? Or is it the actual brown Jesus? Like, who am I talking to? Is it baby Jesus? Like, <laughs> right. So. I have to apologize for five minutes before oh, I get That's just so guilt and shame though. That's, that's, that, that's, that's too bad, man. I know. But like, I started like, okay, God, I haven't talked to you <laughs> in like six months. Yeah. You that's, know, he's not your priest. This, and I haven't done this and I haven't done this, but I would very much like you to come through in this situation. Right. <laughs> but Philippians says that we have to come through with Thanksgiving so I can identify if you want God to hear us, though. You're doing it wrong. <sighs> see, see, for me, I, I used to feel I used to feel that exact guilt, but now I just would rather it be uh, like God's just an, a, a buddy from college that I hadn't spoken to in a while, and I just want to catch up. And so I don't want to ask God for things, but I tell God, what I'm going through, what I'm really worried about, and hey, if you have, you know, if you have a connection, maybe you could hook me up. You know, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, like, <laughs> hey, my, my TV went out. You, you know, you know, you got a buddy at Best Buy. Could you hook me up? Something like that. That's the way I would rather talk to God now <laughs> than you have to do this. Please, please, God. That's how I used to pray. Please, God. Please, God. Fix this. Please help me. Help me. Why? Why? You know. And I realized not, it, it, that's pretty empty. That's not really how it works. I mean, I, you know, you get into situations whether by choice or not. And so now I think the same way, my, my prayers are more, 
uh, I just want to have a conversation. I don't, I don't really, the outcome, if I'm focused on the outcome, it's not going to be that good anyway. Like whatever Toby thinks about the outcome, good or bad, is it really, you know what I mean? Like if I get my prayer wish granted, is it really the good thing? I don't know. I mean, I don't know anymore. I mean, you know, we, we live in a time where it feels very painful, but some of this pain we are really going to grow from. Like we're, There's going to be some real growth. There's going to be horrible. I think there's still going to be some really horrible things ahead. And this pandemic has just uh, you know, stopped the world for a little bit and made us realize some things that we need to fucking start paying, ha, should have been paying attention to and need, ha, must pay attention to now. But I think that is real growth because we were, we were just floating. I mean, things were okay. What's what what's going to happen to evangelical Christianity though? Uh, Cause I have a feeling that's about to change significantly. I think you're right. I think I, I'm, I'm feeling more and more like a mass exodus or there's a real danger too, of a flip into uh, feeling pushed and oppressed and you go deeper into it. That happens as well. You know what I mean? Like I, I just we, uh, think we're seeing both. Yeah. Of it already. And, and so there might be sides. There probably will be. There always usually is, but I think you'll see a lot of people, that are, I mean, like all, all you guys are, were, were y'all all grew up in the church, right? And we're pretty, pretty Christian, right? At one point, and then something happened. You're like, I, well, we started listening to bad Christians. Keep going on like happened. this, and so, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> but, but what happens is you either go because change is good and you need it, and you you accept it even with the pain of it, or you double down. And then that's when you get real fanatic and weird and bad. Like the people that double down, you know, going to the, the White House or whatever. Like what they they felt so those people. Those I was people. talking with somebody about it. The, the, I feel I feel so bad. I, I feel bad in a way for them because they believe something that they thought was completely true, and they risk their life or freedom for it. One so, of them died for it. Of yeah, them. yeah. And so it, it, if it was for if it was for a great cause, you would think of them as heroes. But the heroes do something because they believe it true, and this, those people believe it true, but they found out that it was just a lie. It was just a, a big mess, and they got caught up into it and caught up in the moment. And so now you know, those people will either be rejected by society and potentially double down, or maybe they can f- find some redemption. Maybe they can find some forgiveness and, and move on. But I think that's a, that's, that'll be the big issue too. Will people look for redemption and connection and understanding? That, that, the hardest part about all of this is I feel like everybody's pointed at each other right now as opposed to with each other right now. We're just pointed at each other. We're not together hardly in anything. And uh, it definitely doesn't feel like America. It feels like a bunch of people trying to figure out which side to get on. And that's, that, that is dangerous, and I don't know what that looked like. So back to the evangelical church, you're going to see that because – the church can no longer hide on the issues. You know what I mean? They can't say something kind of vague. People are going to say, no, you just got to tell me the fucking truth here. What are, you, yeah. what is, what are you doing? Where, where is the money going? What do you believe about this? What, why, why wouldn't you just be completely honest? Why is the church being kind of hidden? Well, they need to start holding some of those churches accountable. Just like a lot of the stuff that happened at the Capitol, um, a lot of stuff was being spoken in from the pulpits a lot of you know like oh the trump worship a lot of the right that whole mentality of like fighting for america or or kind of like militarizing people in such a way where they they're on edge to where like you know all it would take is some spark and, and it's like we want to impeach trump because of things he said and i'm not saying we should or shouldn't be doing that but at the same time the media is just as guilty 
and these evangelical churches are just as guilty of allowing these conspiracy theories to like continue to grow and get bigger and then people are acting on them and next thing you know it's fucking chaos and i don't i don't know right well i mean i i i think we're gonna see which i i guess i'm a millennial the generation below me but like younger generations i think are gonna have a really hard time about wanting to attach themselves to christianity after i agree when you look back on history 100 percent. and even i am like i you they fucked that up right (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it's go, only going to get harder and harder because you're going to say what it, people are starting to realize more and more. What is the value? Because all the, our, our most valuable asset is our time and how are we using it? And wait, I'm using it for this or spending it this, my money and my time and my effort and my family for this thing that it doesn't actually believe the way I do. What, why, why am I doing it? That's the way I feel about the church. Like I, it, if I go to a church... If if I go to ten churches around me, I guarantee most of them will have some serious things that I disagree with, and so I either have to invest fully into that church to try and change it, but they might not want to change, and that I'm not on mission with them, or that's not really what I, uh, you know, part of the reason I quit being a worship leader um, because it was a great job. I love the people that I worked with. Um, I got to do music. It was fun. I did really good at the job, but I just realized I'm not on the mission with this church. I mean, what, what they are doing, some of the things that they're doing, I really strongly disagree with. And so I don't need to be here. I, I'm hurting them. Maybe their mission's even right. I, I might be wrong, but I need to step out of this because it, this isn't right. And so it's, it's becoming more and more a paycheck than um, a calling, you know, <laughs> which is really scary because it was a good, solid job. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, too. It's really funny. I, I might have mentioned this on the podcast. I can't remember. When I quit Seacoast, um, we had the podcast and Emory. And so the podcast had started getting some ads and stuff. And I was like, you know, uh, we were doing okay with ads. And I was like, okay, um, I think I can make enough money to support my family and we'll move to Franklin, Tennessee. And I was like, oh man, you know, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I bet Franklin is way cheaper or uh, Nashville is way cheaper than, and it wasn't, it was more expensive than Charleston <laughs> by the beach. And, uh, and within the the first two months that I moved, like we lost several ads and the podcast, uh, I was like, oh, I fucked up. I quit this awesome gig where I was getting paid a salary and all this stuff and moved my family, you know, nine hours away. And, but the only thing that kept me going was I was like, I know that I did this right. I, I quit the church for God, <laughs> which is, was so bizarre, but I, I quit for God. I thought I was doing the wrong thing. And uh, by being there, like, I was like, what, I mean, I want to be able to uh, think critically about the church and getting the paycheck from the church. I, you can't. I mean, I, you know, I just I couldn't. And now I see things more clearly and even about myself, the, you know, the wrongs of, of myself. And so uh, luckily ads picked back up and we were able to and got some tours and stuff and everything worked out. But that first two months, it was really scary because I was like, man, did I just give up this job? It was an and act of faith. My whole life actually, you've probably thought about this before, Toby, but. I was talking with Elizabeth about this just like last night, I think it was. Um, the word revival is thrown on a whole lot, you know, in, in evangelical circles. And, and especially right now, I had a, a yeah. friend of mine or an acquaintance uh, that I know who had posted something about the Chiefs winning and the revival coming. And, and it was like, well, wasn't that last year? 
Yeah, from, from it was a prophetic from Bob, word. From right. Bob Jones, prophetic word she'd yeah, heard right. from Bob Jones. So, but and years so ago. <laughs> Bob Jones, I know so, Bob Jones but, well. And here's the, and so here was the question because I was I'm still kind of like pissed or bothered by the fact that we had all these prophets of God, you know, saying Trump's going to win, and then now like you know they're not being held accountable and it's still like what makes you a false prophet you know oh you yeah. can, your heart's in the right there's always excuses because it, what it would mean for us if our prophets were wrong so um yeah but you've probably thought about this before when you left the church and i'm i'm seeing what's happening what happened with trump and evangelicalism and how we've always known the church is screwed up we've always known that we're always asking for a great revival what's, yeah. what's god gonna do well why can't God just be like empty in the churches? If they're fucked up anyway, you're not going to revive them. You're not going to change them. So maybe, maybe this is part of the yeah. great revival and it is all about us just leaving. Like, like quit going. Cause it's not God. God's not like, does that mean it's become something else, especially in America? Yeah. I, I mean, speak it, for it. yeah. Could this, yeah. Could this be our exodus from, from this oppressive system? that, you know, let my people go. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I wonder what the, cause I mean, it, it, there, at least with American Christianity, and I would say maybe a lot of Christianity throughout the world, it doesn't really look like what Jesus was trying to do. He it never tried doesn't. to start a I mean, new we, religion we, anyway. We're too That's material. That... I know. I, I, I mean, he, he wasn't, uh, you know, Jesus would not have been pro Trump or, or pro Biden or pro any like that. That's not the goal of it. I mean, the the goal would be real change, and that's not. It seems like that's what Christianity is against that now. Real change, real growth, loving your neighbor. I mean, like, nobody loves their neighbor anymore. I mean, the way we communicate now is is it yeah. solely nobody knows anger their neighbor either. and hate and disgust and resentment. I I know you're right. That's what I'm saying. It's so sad how disconnected we are, and so I. I don't know, Seth, you're talking about the younger generation not being able to connect. I think you're right. And and I think because, I mean, I even saw this with millennials, uh, you know, under me, uh, generation uh, under mine. Um, what am I, Gen Z or Gen X? I was born in 76. Do y'all know you're Gen it is? X. Is it Gen X? Yeah. Um, I, I think that you, you guys are seeing uh, – want, want to understand what you're doing, the whys of it, and – have have more understanding of the value of the work or the stuff you're going to do but you have you do have good work ethics and then I, I wonder what the generation below us will have because I think that they are going to see more and more oh wait everything could be fake so I really do want to see through this and see what the truth of it is you know what I mean like th th this video that th you know my kids are are faster at Oh, that video was set up and fake. I thought it was real. The fall that the you know the they the, can they, see they it. Go, no, that, yeah, yeah, they can see it way faster because they've always seen it. So they can see the reality and the faux reality way faster than I can even. And uh, I'm wondering they're going to see that with the pastors. They're going to want to ask real questions and not like the stupid answers or the vague answers are gone. And you're right. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to connect with that church. So I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that's like with Christianity going forward. Um, and in fact, I hope in some ways, I hope Christianity does become more and more oppressed because I think it, you would, you might would own it a little bit more like in, you know, in other countries like, you know, China where Christianity is illegal or whatever, or other religions are really illegal. Uh, I feel like they, 
it becomes a part of their life and they live it more than we do. Well, I don't think we live it. I think we just use are, it. Are as you wef- just wishing oppression it. on us right now? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> well, the, well, but, but wait. <laughs> if you look, if you look at history, okay, and you look at countries where uh, religion has been oppressed, you you typically. We'll always see. I'm a not major saying he's uprising. not wrong. I'm just saying I, I, everybody likes being comfortable. We're like the Romans, man. Don't mess with the empire. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, that's, <laughs> but that, I think that's gotten us into trouble. We've gotten so comfortable that we just miss everything. Like, ah, somebody else will take care of it. It'll it'll be okay. Let, let you know. Let the politician, let the pastor handle the 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 poor people and the oppressed and all stuff. I mean, I'm working my forty hours a week, and I I think we're waking up from that. Like, oh, that's just not how it works. You 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 do have to love your neighborhood, and your neighborhood matters. You know. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you that this uh, younger generation is not going to get Christianity, but I know what they will get, and that's TikTok. And you're on TikTok as the unstoppable badass, yep. and you post some <laughs> of the funniest shit. The other day I saw oh, yeah, Trump was, singing, Lord, I lift your name on high, and yeah, I about pissed my pants. Well done. <laughs> I, I tell you, I love TikTok. I, I think it's so entertaining. I know it makes I'm I'm 44 years old. I'll be 45 in, in March. I know that I'm too old for it, but I, some of the stuff that the people come up with, and it just, uh, I'm on a text thread with a few other guys, and we just constantly send each other TikToks we find. And I just, I, I think it's so engaging and so funny, and how people create stuff and make stuff, and that, that app allows you to do so much. I'm sure there'll be more apps in the future, but because I, I was getting more and more burnt out by like Facebook and sure. uh, all the other ones, and that one just seems like it's silly and it can be kind of fun. So you have friends that, that allow you to text them like TikToks back and forth? <laughs> they allow it. I don't know if they Seth, like Seth it. Wants to get I, I try to do that. Seth in your group. I try to do that. Seth only ever sends me gay TikToks, and I have been sh- I have been shunned. I have been put down. A rule has because been made in Marco Polo us. that I'm not allowed to share them. He just finds oh, gay, gay, guys. Guys. gay guys. So I'm just but, saying. But he was sending us these these gay police it's not that we're against, TikTok it's just videos. Not, they're dancing. Not funny. And they're just and not funny. All, and when it's that the only ones, if that's the only ones that's you're getting sending, ones I send, then and. It, uh, by the way, Nick Moore on Facebook Live just commented and said, Seth, just because Toby said TikTok was cool does not give you license to put more in the Marco Polo group. Hell no, Seth. So there you are. I think you should. I, I love them. I, they, I mean, there are so, some of the people that you can find on there and follow are just fascinating. I mean, they are just fascinating. I myself, and I was talking to my, my best friend Ashley is 10 years younger than me, and she was telling me she's too old to be on TikTok. I'm like, shut your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even with you, girl. I, I, yeah, I was sending her stuff last night. I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> it made me, actually, I was talking with Matt the other day. Uh, I had an idea. I was like, you know what? Maybe I am too old for it. The, a great app idea would be an app that is uh, 21 and under, and you and you had to be carded to get into the app. You know, <laughs> yeah. like if you're under 21, you always had to be carded to do older stuff. Like yep. there should be an app just for young folks where you, you know you, you show up, you had to show your license. Like, nope, you're not coming in. Too old. <laughs> you know, that would be great. There you go, <laughs> man. You're. I, I just want to quickly kiss your ass real quick, if that's cool. Um, <laughs> on air. <laughs> I'm sitting back. So during a pandemic, <laughs> exactly. Let's watch this. Happen. I've got sanitizer Did you get over here. That way? 
<laughs> it's all good. I, I, I come prepared, man. Perfect. I come prepared. <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you were talking earlier about bad Christian and stuff and about how you're, you know, there just to talk to people. And, um, you know, I came across bad Christian at a time in my life where I was really struggling with my own faith and listening to bad. And for some reason on this podcast, bad Christian is that's, that's referred to as named. the podcast that shall not we be talked named. about it so and much. The first, like, first year or so it was I, I like, like always it. on our lips. Well, we, Every we know, Chris, you know episode. why. I, no, they, I don't. People got mad we, at us. We grew out of bad Christian. Like we were trying Get over to it. be Matt, Toby and Joey. And they got all mad and we got all kinds of Facebook people have games. podcasts. It's not a big deal. I mean, we, we all met as part of bad Christian. Like I'm not ashamed of that, but, but that actually wasn't why for me. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, but let me just say this, man, like, I don't know that I would have been able to allow myself to ask the questions I ended up asking without your podcast, man. And that has been so healthy for me. And it's been something that's really changed my life. And, um, you know, I just want you to know personally, I really respect, you know, you, Matt and Joey, um, for allowing that space for people who grew up in a fundamentalist church who weren't allowed to ask questions, you know, that they really wanted to ask that whenever we are growing up and actually having these thoughts in our head, but don't really have many people to talk to, we can throw on a podcast and be like, holy shit. I'm not the only one thinking these things and you know, bad, not bad Christian, but fade to gray. We actually get comments like that all the time too. And I, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, it's a fantastic feeling. I just, you know, well, just well to I think kiss one of the things y'all are quick. doing really well too, um, <laughs> that we try, we strive for too, is y'all aren't, y'all are making it about having real conversations and being, you know, you guys are friends and you're talking and that's what I appreciate when people say like what you just said, Chris, it means a lot to me because, um, it, you didn't say it's Toby. It was that the podcast did that, which means we allowed a space to, to be disagreed with or agreed with or say, well, I, you know, I've been thinking about that too, but this is what I think about it. Like, that's what I, I, the, one of the best compliments we always get is somebody goes, man, when you said that, this is what I wanted to say. But that just means that whatever we were talking about sparked something in them. It wasn't Toby's fame or success with the band or what. It was like, oh, we were just saying something and it sparked a, the thought that you had in your head. And that's what I think is really valuable. And I think that's the same way as, as your, your guys' listenership, too. They value that, that y'all are having conversations that they, they want to be able to have and they might not have that access to. Well, I'm going to jump on the ass kissing by way bandwagon but not so much for the podcast all the podcast was very important it pretty much like maybe saved mine Elizabeth's marriage in a lot of ways but uh I think it was more like yeah. what you do with the BC con the first year um and the second year was pretty cool because that's when we brought Fade to Grey there and everything too but but that first yeah <laughs> yes. I trolled you the whole time <laughs> that was fun. And, yeah, all the stickers in the bathroom good times but uh and the hot tub I think Chad was commenting on that earlier on the post I saw um but Anyway, uh, just that first year when in Tennessee and uh, the guest you had and just the community that was there, it really, I don't know, it sparked something. I, I, I remember actually Matt was having a workshop on podcasting and I had just thinking, hey, I, I want to, I was kind of realizing like I'm done with church, but I have something to say. 
And I, I think I want to do this, but I have no clue how to do this, but I need to do this. And, and Matt was one of the first people I went to go to listen to. And really, I, I took notes. The only thing I had written down was just do it. You know, like, like pretty much that's all he was like telling us, just, just start doing it. You're going to want to scrap like your first 20 or whatever, but you just have to just start. And, uh, you know, Fade to Gray has been through probably 20 something hosts since then. Um, but, but we have definitely <laughs> found like, this is, you know, this is, this is it. And, um, I really appreciate the fuck out of you and just how your just commitment to, I mean, you've been in a band. You're talking about TikTok, you know, or starting an app for people who are only 21 and under. So basically, you realize that your band wouldn't be allowed to be in, and that, and, and that, like, right. you've been in a band for 21 years, and there's people that are right. alive that are 21 years old. Like, how, how do you wrap your mind around that? Right. But there's a commitment level yeah. that you have. Right. You went through the, oh, the whole thing with Bad Christian where you lost a member. And you know, you just stuck with it. There's a commitment level to you um, as a man, what you're doing with the True Man events. Um, I appreciate the fuck out of you, man. And I, I hyped you up at the beginning, um, but you're worth it. So, <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate it. I, thank you guys for uh, having me back on just because I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like all the things that sprouted out of Bad Christian, like this podcast, that those cons, the, the friendships, it means a lot to me. Like that... I am so proud that if I if Matt and I died today, uh, Bad Christian would keep going in some form. It, it, it isn't that podcast. A lot of the people don't even you know. A lot of people in the club don't listen to the <laughs> podcast that much. And, and and but but because the friendships and the connections they made and that I foundation that somehow we've stumbled upon uh, and all together help build, it really has meant a lot to people. I mean, there is, there is a real community there that I think is, is really valuable. And I think y'all are doing the same thing. All these things that don't involve Toby or Matt or Joey, um, are, are just so valuable. I'm so proud of that. That, you know, I mean, planting those little seeds and, and seeing where they go, that that's just been really awesome. You know, I mean, that, that really does cool. mean a lot. Um, and do you want to plug anything about your band or any, what do you got going on next? Yes. Yeah, I think I think when you wrote me, uh, this is how much out of the loop I am. Our uh, so we we did we recorded two specials, and I'm only a man came out about two weeks ago, um, and it just turned out great. Um, it was uh, the best selling, most seen Emory show of all time, and wow. and, and so. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, uh, is actually, I thought it was Friday, but it's actually Wednesday night. I think it's the 17-year anniversary of The Week's End, our very first record. And so it's out tomorrow night, and it's a – so we, we pre-recorded it, but it's a live performance from front to end. It's, it, there isn't any uh, overdubs or stops or anything. It's a 100% live performance that we just recorded a few weeks ago. But uh, we flew to Seattle and, and wanted to get it all do it done. Did you like, um, uh, and it crowd it all or – there was uh, no, I mean, the crew that was there. So there was probably 15 people maybe at least that were there. Um, we did it at Numo's in Seattle. And um, it just turned, both of them turned out That's so good. Cool. I can't wait for people to see the week's end too because, you know, it's our first record. And, I mean, I, it's one of the most proud performances I, I have of us. I mean, it is just, both these two nights were are just phenomenal. I mean, it, it's the best you will ever see Emory. It's the best you'll ever hear us, the best we ever, you know, look, sound, lights, everything. I mean, it you couldn't get it, it to be any better. So, uh, yeah, whoever uh, wants to go, you can get Emory tickets music. at emorymusic.com. Awesome. Thank you. Nice. Awesome. 
That sounds you know? badass, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, it was, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, it was so much pressure though to to, to do it because you know, I mean, it was it was like so heavy because uh, it's not like being on tour or whatever. You have like this one shot to do this, and then you know you, you got to bring your own energy. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like all these like sporting events where everybody's like hyping themselves right. up. It's like you have to because there's no crowd, right. so it's like you got to fucking bring it. And so yeah, I, I've heard really good things about it as well. So I'm can't wait. Yeah, it turned out great. I couldn't be more happy about it. So. But that's it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else. Yeah, check out the Bad Christian podcast, and all that stuff. I don't. I don't know what else I got going on. But that's about it right now. I just uh, got any new recordings coming up. Uh, you mean guests uh, for the BC or what? No, for Emory. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're working on our new album right now. Uh, we just uh, demoed a bunch of songs, uh, each of us, and we all put them in a file. Now we're going to go through them and see which ones we're going to put towards the record so you uh we have a uh, a thing called emory land where they support us it's kind of like the the club bc club and it's been awesome it's been growing and the people in there are so great and it's been so fun and they've really supported us and loved us so much um that uh yeah so we try to give uh, we we give albums regularly to them eps they get you know exclusive stuff uh and so you know there's a discord group a, a facebook group and all that stuff but uh, it's been going great too so you can join that it's uh i think it's emoryland.com but you can go just go to emorymusic.com you can find it all perfect well yeah i really appreciate you coming yeah, on well, man. yeah and and thanks everybody for listening <laughs> like commenting and uh we'll see you next time <laughs> i did i did Seth, you've already Seth wrapped up say say something. Something. so say it we're You're, still okay. live. So no, I'm still Omar, here. Omar, I'm and Chris, you can kiss you, your you ass. Can. Okay, now I'm not going to kiss your ass, but I do want to give you a compliment. Um, you're my favorite okay. of the three. Okay, I'm just throwing that out now. Oh my God, you're not supposed well, to say that. Wow. It's true. <laughs> it's, you are. It. I do. Um, and you have always been, um, one of the most genuine people that I have encountered. And even with the fame that you've experienced through Emory and through Bad Christian and now on TikTok, I mean, you're a big name. Um, and yet you're extremely down to earth <laughs> and authentic and real. And well, I appreciate that. It I, means I don't a always lot feel to me that way, and it was very, very helpful for me for a very long time. So I just wanted to say thank you. And now, Omar, you can wrap up the show. And Elizabeth doesn't give a shit about you, so. I think that's probably your Christian shame. You're not supposed to say nice things to men. That's that's Christian ease coming through on you, Elizabeth. Oh, oh, is that what that is? Sorry. (laughs) Purity culture. (laughs) Well, hey, guys, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. We're off live. Toby, that was great. Well, I, I figured out my secret. I roll off of Omar's comments. So, like, I wait. I wait, and I let the guests go. because, And there's no way I can get in before Omar. Like, that's impossible, I've determined. It's, it cannot happen. So, it's like you let the guests go. You let Omar do its thing. You give it a minute. If the, if the guest is going to respond, let it respond. But if they don't, you pounce. Like, that is the only way. I have learned how to talk on this podcast and it worked today. So yes.